Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to The Broad Experience, the show about women, the workplace, and success. I'm Ashley Milne-Tite. This time on the show, we look at women who work in advertising. It's a popular industry for women, but a tiny minority make the creative decisions that put ads on screens. Billions of consumers take in marketing messages largely created by men. And those messages tend to influence us a lot more than we think. But changing the status quo means tackling the culture at ad agencies. I feel like advertising is broken and that the things we value and prize and the way we try to demonstrate our worth to clients is so off and no one is getting to the root of that. Coming up on The Broad Experience. Kat Gordon has worked in advertising for 25 years. She left the world of big ad agencies in the late 90s to go freelance. She was a copywriter back then. These days, she's creative director of her own agency, Maternal Instinct. She also founded and runs the 3% Conference, which aims to increase the numbers of women in high-level creative jobs in advertising. She started to notice the gender imbalance in the industry quite a while ago. One incident at a former employer has always stuck in her mind. We were pitching the Saab car account, and the entire pitch team, except for one team member, was male. So they had 16 men and one woman pitching this car account. And and, and also, I, I want to add that everyone on that team, except for the one woman, she was Asian, everyone was white. So it was this white male lineup trying to win a piece of business from the Swedes, which, you know, if you know anything about cultural bents, you know, that's a nation that's a lot more progressive than many. They did not win the account, for whatever reason. Years later, Kat started the 3% conference to ask why 97% of creative directors are men and what the industry can do to change that. And Kat just alluded to this, but it's not just women who thin out the higher up you go in the ad world. Even in the lower ranks, most people pretty much look the same. For advertising to be, you know, have a lack of diversity is such an oxymoron to me. I think it's just bizarre. That's Monique Nelson. She's the CEO of Uniworld Group, a multicultural marketing agency based in New York. We should reflect the people that we're talking to. Um, shameless plug for Uniworld Group, but I mean, the one thing I love about my, my agency is that we are diverse. And I think that's huge. But yeah, Madison Avenue has a long way to go um, with respect to both not only female, but, you know, diversity in its truest form. My dream would be we really do reflect, you know, especially here in the U.S., we, re- we reflect the American, you know, experience, which is, you know, not white and male um, dominantly. For one thing, America's going to be majority non-white within the next few decades. And women make more than 80% of the buying decisions in any household, yet they're usually not deciding what goes into the ads we see, and we apparently take in more than 3,000 marketing messages a day. Marty Barletta runs the Trendsite Group, which specialises in marketing to women. 
Most of the time in the world, people don't understand the differences between men and women. And the problem with that in advertising is that advertising, the role of advertising is to interest, motivate, and persuade people who very often are quite different from you. And she says that can be a problem if a team of guys is creating, say, a car campaign and doesn't realize men and women come to decisions in quite different ways. So um, one of the things, a stereotype about women that you may have heard uh, is that women are fickle. They can't make up their minds. They change their minds all the time. Now, what really is going on there is that women's decision process is quite enormously different from men's decision process. It's one of the things that surprised me the most because you wouldn't think it would be gender related, but it, it actually is. She says, for instance, men tend to make buying decisions in a fairly linear way. Women, on the other hand, are more likely to take in multiple strands of information as they research a product and change their mind depending on what they learn. So women's process tends to loop back very often throughout the process as she learns more and more things about the product, about the dealership, about what her friends have preferred, etc. Marty Barletta and Kat Gordon both say it's not that women are all fabulous at marketing to other women. Men have created some fantastic ads that do very well with female consumers. The industry needs a mixture of thinking, Kat Gordon says. In that case, I had a question for her. It's sort of ironic because you're making this point in your work that there just aren't, there are only 3% of top creatives are women. And yet you left the agency world yourself because you felt you couldn't stay there and, and raise your children. And this is the problem, isn't it? It's one of the biggest contributors to the problem, absolutely. And I, I revisit that time in my own mind and I try to think, I don't remember ever thinking it was an option to stay and have kids. Um, I don't remember ever seeing anyone in leadership that was pregnant. Um, so I'm not suggesting that, you know, they told me I couldn't. I just somehow didn't think it was possible. And, you know, I was I was commuting every day from Palo Alto to San Francisco, and it was a long day. And I just remember thinking, I can't do this job and be the kind of mother I think I want to be. She has that in common with a lot of women from many industries, but there are some outliers. I told Kat about a woman I'd interviewed last year for a magazine piece. Her name is Marlene Hall, and she spent years as a top advertising executive in Canada. She became creative director in the 80s. She loved her job. She told me something I don't hear many women say out loud. She had two daughters during the height of her career. She told me her daughters would have liked to have had her at home a lot more during their childhood and that she'd missed out on plenty of ballet recitals and dinners at home. She said she adored her children but added, I had to do something that was me. Yeah, you know, one of the things I heard Cheryl Sandberg say recently, I, I was lucky that I got to meet her and she gave a talk and she talked about how no one at her level or, or in any kind of senior leadership is talking about how joyful it can be to work. You know, it's, it's always about how to juggle it and how to do it all. And it's kind of, you know, just even the language we use has built into it that it's going to suck or it's going to be harder. And that no one really talks about how wonderful it is, man or woman, to feel like you are using your gifts and making a difference and having an impact. And that's something she she's trying to do is to show that she loves her work. And it sounds like this woman that you just described 
felt the same way. I do think that's part of the conversation that hasn't really taken root yet and needs to. At the 3% conference, she says there's no whinging or hand-wringing. She's actually trying to isolate what it is that keeps women out of top creative roles so agencies can change the way they do things. She says there's no doubt that having kids and wanting to spend time with them is a major issue women creatives have to grapple with. So it really is at that, I heard somebody call it the messy middle. It's right in those years where you're maybe in your early 30s, you've got enough um, experience at that point to become an associate creative director, a creative director, and it's usually right when you're starting to think about having a, a family, just as I did. And the types of things that make it so difficult for women with small children, and men as well, I, I don't want to leave them out of the equation, is the unpredictability of of the work, you know, for anyone that's worked as a creative director, copywriter, art director, you know that you go into a client presentation and you don't know that you're going to sell the work. And if you don't sell the work, it's back to the drawing board and you're now kind of under the gun to produce something new that they're going to like. And so often it can mean having to work all weekend or work late or hop on a plane again to go present again. And um, so that's probably, I would say, the, the hardest thing for women to get over. But then there are other things that are more insidious. You know, one of the big things I noticed when I worked in the agency world, you get trained to be a creative thinker, but you don't get trained at portfolio school. I'm hoping this has changed, but at least when I went, you don't get trained to sell your work and be a really persuasive presenter. And a lot of women leave that to their male partners or their account male account directors. So they're not selling their work. And so they, you know, basically are letting someone else take the glory um, someone else learn how to deflect criticism and, you know, get a client to fall in love with something, which is a really important skill. And I see that lack of confidence um, carry through into things like women not entering their work into award shows, women not being jurors of award shows, women not speaking at conferences, women not writing, you know, op-ed pieces. It's it's a visibility issue. And so that's another challenge for women in advertising is getting them to believe that their opinion matters, getting them to speak up, getting them to put their face out there, getting them to enter their work in award shows. So those are probably two of the biggest um, impediments. And then mentorship. I mean, you just cannot downplay that you need someone and sponsorship. You need someone to see the talent in you and open doors for you and talk about you. And what's really sad is that a lot of very well-intended men um, are a little bit nervous about mentoring young women because it can look unsavory and they don't want to look like a, a lech, you know, inviting the young copywriter to lunch. Or, And one of the things I say to men when we go on our road shows or they come to our event is please get over that and don't care what others might think because these women need you more than you could ever imagine. Um, and then if you are a woman who's achieved a level of success, mentor as well. You know, women really need to have other women pulling them up and advocating for them and giving them insight into how to navigate that messy middle. So I asked, do the men actually get it? She says most agencies are clamouring for guidance on how to keep women, and some guys do understand the issues, others are learning to. She uses a recent conference as an example. There were four male creative directors on a panel. And the one thing that happened that was so interesting was at one point, someone brought up sexism, just kind of, you know, the male advantage and sexism. And and 
I can't remember which one of the panelists said something about, well, you know, that's that's old school and that doesn't happen anymore. And to her credit, the female um, moderator, she said, guys, I hate to tell you, but it does still go on. And everyone in the audience kind of was nodding along. So I do think it's one of those things where if you haven't experienced it firsthand, it's hard for you to believe it happens to the degree it does. Um, so I do think men are aware that they're losing female talent, but I don't think they're always aware of all the little things that happen that contribute to women giving up. Of course, those hours we talked about a bit earlier, they're a big thing and they can be brutal. At the end of last year, a young copywriter in Indonesia called Mita Duran collapsed and died not long after tweeting that she'd worked 30 hours straight on a client project. Kat says those kinds of stories make her despair because there's no need for anyone to drive themselves that hard. The thing that I keep saying, and I feel like this, you know, lone voice saying this, but those kinds of work environments and that kind of pushing yourself to the limit does not result in creative output. It's been proven. If you look at where ideas flourish and where amazing synapses connect in your brain, it is not at 2 a.m. Um, in a war room of an agency after you've been drinking Red Bull all day. I mean, that's a recipe for disaster. And so I feel like I feel like advertising is broken and that the things we value and prize and the way we try to demonstrate our worth to clients is so off. And no one is getting to the root of that because if you really want to create great work for your clients that's going to be motivating to their consumers, you would not run your agency the way you do. And I think if I were a client today and I knew what my customer base looked like, and chances are it's mostly female, and I knew that by demanding something to be done in a crazy turnaround, kind of crash and burn, and that meant that the female creatives at the agency would be less likely to be able to service my business. Why is that a worthwhile trade? I, I think it's actually lunacy. She says things are changing at big companies like Google that have in-house creative departments. There, everyone works together as a team to create the best work. But in the agency world, there's still that imperative to prove yourself to the client. People say, well, that's just the way it is. And I think, wow, I mean, it, that's how much the agency culture is just kind of cemented in people's minds. And I don't know, maybe I'm enough of an outsider. Maybe it's because I live in Silicon Valley and I work with a lot of startups and I'm trained to think differently and ask questions, but I don't think it's working. And, <laughs> um, and I don't think the men are happy either. Last year, a survey from Pew Social Trends in the U.S. revealed half of working dads felt stressed trying to balance work and family life. That's compared to 56% of working mothers. And on the one hand, I feel sad that now our brothers are feeling the pinch too. But in a way, I think it's necessary because until the HR departments are hearing a chorus of voices crying uncle and saying this is just untenable, things don't change. So men, speak up. The next 3% conference takes place in November this year in San Francisco. That's the Broad Experience for this time. The Broad Experience is a member of the Mule Radio Syndicate. Go to muleradio.net to check out other great podcasts, including This Is Actually Happening and Let's Make Mistakes. 
As usual, I'll be posting show notes under this episode at thebroadexperience.com. You can comment on what you've just heard on the website or on the show's Facebook page. In the unlikely event you can't get enough of me, you can sign up for the weekly newsletter also on the homepage. And if you can, please consider throwing in a few bucks to support what I'm doing by clicking on the support link at thebroadexperience.com. I'm thinking of setting up a more formal way of supporting the show via another website. If you have ideas about the kinds of rewards you'd like to receive for donating a little money, please let me know what they are. I'm at ashley at thebroadexperience.com. I'm Ashley Milne-Tight. Thanks for listening. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10 year, 100,000 mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4 Kia for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10 year, 100,000 mile powertrain and 5 year, 60,000 mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.